most companies there are not just focusing on the classic industry. They're doing multiple things and really, you know, playing within the whole value chain, which is actually kind of a step above probably many other economies. Welcome to the Insurance Innovators Unscripted, the show dedicated to innovation in the insurance industry. Each episode, you'll get a dose of thought leadership from the industry's top business minds, influencers, innovators, and executive leaders. If you want to transform your corner of the industry and exchange innovative ideas, you need to subscribe to this podcast. Now here's your host, Abel Travis. Hey everyone, welcome to the Insurance Innovators Unscripted Podcast dedicated to insurance innovation. So a couple of weeks ago, you know, I sparked this discussion on social media on LinkedIn about um, Warren Buffett and Elon Musk. And what the discussion was about was Warren sort of chiding Elon and saying, you know, this isn't really a good time to get into the insurance industry and that, um, you know, it's a tough industry to get in. So Elon Musk should stay as far away as possible. Now, you know, uh, my perspective was my bet was actually on Elon Musk. Now, I'm not really betting on anything, but but it's on Elon Musk. And, you know, the reason behind that is because, you know, Elon Musk is a brilliant person. And, you know, while he has his toes in so many multiple organizations and multiple transformations, you know, he is one of those individuals that's been on the forefront of, um, you know, leading innovation and transformation in places like the financial services industry, all the way through things where people say, hey, it's not rocket science, right? But Elon Musk is literally trying to and has been successful in innovating and transforming rocket science in terms of using uh, 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 reusable fuel cells and and so on within that space. You know, so um, as he is looking to transform the insurance industry, you know, I do believe that his passion will be behind it as well as he's always going to pull together a great team to help on the execution side while he's using his resources to transform insurance and rocket science and financial services and, you know, energy, you name it. So, you know, I I do truly immensely respect Warren Buffett. Um, You know, he has really been um, an individual that's transformed many spaces himself, especially, you know, becoming as um, successful as he's been. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, I'm rooting for the underdog there. So, you know, talk to me about what your thoughts are around that. Shoot me an email. And if you want to discuss that on the podcast, come over, um, shoot me a message and, and we can do just that. So, you know, over the next couple of weeks, I am going to um, be doing a speaking tour and not literally a speaking tour, but speaking at a a multitude of conferences. So this week uh, I'm going to be at PIAL in Louisiana, um, you know, speaking to the regulators in that space about innovation and transformation. Um, I will be speaking at Digital Insurance about the memory inspired customer journey uh, in the next week and also at the NAIC um, in the first week of June. Uh, You know, I'm also going to be speaking at the Insurance um, Innovation Summit in July, uh, as well as giving the keynote for um, the um, NAAIA, for for NIA, um, the National African American um, Insurance Association in in Atlanta um, uh, during the August time. Going to see me um, anywhere, you know, don't hesitate to stop me. Um, I always like to grab a coffee and let's just chat what my favorite subject is, and that's uh, insurance innovation. You know, um, I always love to get the opportunity to meet those that are out there that are listening to the podcast and, and really get to know the folks 
audience that I'm hoping I've been being um, able to serve for almost the past two or so years through um, providing thought leadership and through providing educational information and just information around insurance transformation in general through this podcast, through some of my keynote speeches, um, and through uh, my writings and other mediums that I've uh, that, that I've been communicating with you all through. So I always love that uh, multi-channel communication, and I truly do appreciate that. You know, so over the next few weeks, there's quite a few things that, it's go- uh, that we're going to be talking about on this podcast uh, in relation to just uh, different types of transformations that we're seeing, you know, from places like what's happening in the African segments. There's a, a you know a couple of um, organizations, including today, that we're going to be speaking about uh, in terms of what's happening there, all the way through to some of the technological transformations that we're seeing in the insurance industry. So, you know, um, it's uh, really exciting to be able to bring this talent um, uh, in these um, or organizations and people to the show. Um, and I'm hopeful that you all are getting a lot out of this. So today I'm speaking with Karen. Now, she's the Senior Corporate Partnership Manager for Plug and Play InsureTech. Now, Plug and Play is the largest global startup accelerator with more than 14 verticals and 10,000 startups within the ecosystem. You know, today, Karen, uh, Karen and I are going to discuss the uh, Plug and Play Africa initiative, which she's been leading for quite some time. So, hey, Karen, it is truly a pleasure to have you here on the podcast. Welcome. Hey, Abel, thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to talking today. Oh, I think this is going to absolutely be a great conversation about what you're doing um, with InsureTech, especially in the Africa um, segment. But, you know, first and foremost, you know, I I love to, um, you know, let people get a a good understanding of you, what you do and who you are. So, you know, if you don't mind, um, you know, talk to me a little bit about your background and how you landed in doing what you're doing in the insurance industry. Yeah, that's a great question. So I actually, right out of college, ended up going into sales and down in San Diego and somehow coincidentally ended up here in Silicon Valley and attended an event at Plug and Play. I heard they had recently launched an insure tech vertical and I figured I would I'd jump on board and give it a shot. So I believe I was number five on our insure tech team and we now have over 40 employees globally. Um, on InsureTech specifically. And in the past two years, we've launched five programs globally and are looking at even more this year. Awesome. Awesome. You know, uh, I think what I what I hear quite often is uh, a lot of people wind up in the insurance space, um, you know, as they're uh, they typically don't go to school for it. They almost say they fall, they fell into insurance, right? You know, so to, so to know that that you were in something and then got introduced to the segment um, through plug and play, I think that's that's awesome. Now, you know, last year I, I had the opportunity to have Saeed Amidi on the podcast, and um, and he's you know plug in as you are well aware, but for the audience, you know, he's plug and play CEO. Um, now, you know, he talked about InsureTech and the InsureTech vertical now, uh, but with what you're doing, you're specifically driving um, InsureTech um, in the African market. So so before we get into that, you know, talk to me a little bit more for those that aren't fully aware of what plug and play is. Talk to me about what plug and play is and what's the value proposition and how you fit into the puzzle there. Yeah, great. So plug and play, we are we look at it really as the largest innovation platform. So it stemmed out of some early investments in startups such as Google, Dropbox, PayPal, Lending Club, and about 800 others. 
and we run innovation themed platforms as well as we do deal flows, which is matchmaking startups and corporations. So actually three years ago, Munich Re was part of our IoT vertical and they said, Saeed, who's our CEO, you should look at doing InsureTech. And he said he'd give it a shot. And now, you know, almost three years later, we have over 80 corporate partners and are the largest vertical at Plug and Play. So after joining the InsureTech team, it was almost exactly a year ago in April that we had the executive team from Sanlam come and visit, which is one of the largest financial companies out of Africa. And they actually signed to be a partner on the spot and they said we would love to down the road bring plug and play to south africa so i was very intrigued because i had never been to south africa um so i started looking into it a little bit more we quincely then had the department of trade and industry the DTI come and visit from South Africa as well as the executive team from MTN and they both said Karen, we're putting a lot of money into incubators and accelerators, but we're not seeing that business outcome. Somewhere in between, there's either a lack of funding, of business skills, um, or just global mentorship. So that was really interesting to me. I started reaching out to even more corporates in that space, and the excitement and interest that I got in Africa was something that I couldn't really even turn away from. So that's how I ended up looking into this space even more. Now, just, you know, thinking through how you got there, and I, I know you laid that out very well now, so that, that then drives um, sort of outcomes that you're hoping to achieve uh, through uh, the South Af- or through the African initiative through Plug and Play. So, you know, if, if you don't mind, uh, specifically, you know, talk about what exactly you're hoping to accomplish um, and uh, so far as you've been uh, trying to um, launch or get this initiative established, you know, what the feedback has been and, and, you know, just in regards to the organizations that you're working with, you know, how they're receiving this. Yeah, great. So last year in September, I went and visited and we did an event there in October in Johannesburg. And my initial idea was let's launch a traditional plug and play platform there in March of 2019. Well, it is March of 2019 and we didn't necessarily launch a traditional platform. But the reason why is when I was there in September and October, I saw a lot of great startup accelerators and incubators in Cape Town, Stellenbosch and a couple other places. But the startups weren't being brought back into the corporates and taken kind of through that pilot to production journey, nor were the learnings of how to work with startups. And and one of the things that we've noticed um, globally is that for a startup to be successful, of course, they have to be able to work with a corporate. And corporates have to have that innovation muscle built in some way or another, or it's just going to be frustrating on the startup and the corporate side. So realizing how important it is to bolster the innovation abilities with corporates is something that we've really been focusing on. And I really think that's one of the missing puzzles to creating that successful um, innovation and startup ecosystem. 
Yeah, you know, even here in the U.S., um, in, in the domestic markets here in the U.S., and um, even uh, I, I would even say as you start to look at other countries globally, especially, you know, um, in, in, your, in the European space and in the Asian space, um, you know, that's a frustration of startups at times when they're working directly with corporates or um, in the insurance space, of course, with carriers, is that they might wind up getting support through the point of PLC or proof of concept. And then as soon as the proof of concept is over, um, you know, they may hit a brick wall, right? And that's you know, because the, uh, the, the insurance organizations or the organizations, the corporates that they're working with isn't ready to consume and then apply what was being learned from, you know, the, the startups and the insure techs that they were engaging with into their organizations, right? So, so it, it, it limited the ability to move beyond that. Um, now, with that said, you know, especially as you are launching into this new market, I would assume that you're seeing things play out in a way in which it's going to help to change that, right? So what are you seeing play out that's different as you're launching this, this initiative? Um, and, um, you know, I, I'd love to hear about how then that can also be taken um, and applied even more broadly beyond uh, the, the African market. Yeah, so it's been really interesting to see that the questions that corporate's asking there are, like you said, the same ones that they're asking in the U.S. or anywhere around the world. I think that because of the distance, though, we've realized how important it is to build that um, internal structure before you just start working with startups or, you know, trying to push something through. And so that's been an interesting thing to to be able to focus on. Um, I think in general, you know, because of the distance to South Africa, um, it's very important that we bring in a mixture of not just, you know, African startups, but global startups. So we find that and our programs are really kind of geared towards working with stage agnostic startups. So for a corporate to be able to successfully run a pilot, it's much easier to plug in a startup that already has experience or pilots under their belt. And those more experienced startups just tend to come from global markets. So I think it's important that we create a platform in South Africa to bring and attract global startups. And I think that at that same time, that will help startups from that area or from Africa in general be able to kind of mix with them uh, and not only see, hey, here's some examples and here's some of the things that are happening globally. How can I now take either my solution or my abilities and apply that to accelerate, you know, everything else that's that's happening? Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, I do think you raise a really great point, right? When I think of the African insurance market, um, and, and I could say insurance, I'll, I'll actually um, redefine that um, and say when I think of the African insure tech markets just across the entire continent, um, you know, it's one that is relatively more immature from an insure tech perspective when you align it with the, the U.S. and with the European markets, right? Um, and, um, you know, the number of insure techs that are there, while there, there's quite a few, it, it does tend to lag what you're seeing more globally. You know, now, now with that said, when you start to look at the numbers from an investment perspective into um, South Af into uh, the um, African insure tech markets, again, thinking about the entire continent, um, you know, uh, it also tends to lag as well, you know, from a, a lower investment perspective. So, you know, seeing plug and play 
go in there and help to bring a global perspective in, into that space, I think is great. Now, you know, how, do the, how though do we ensure that insurtechs across the continent, um, knowing that it's not as well funded or there's not um, a, a lot of them that uh, global organizations are investing in them, you know, how do we ensure that those insurtechs across the, across the continent are playing on a level playing field? Yeah, so it is interesting. Um, you know, the more that people and startups and entrepreneurs know what is possible, the more interested and the the more they can apply themselves in a sense. So we actually currently get a lot of startups from um, Africa in general reaching out to participate in kind of the global ecosystem. And yes, funding is a part of it, um, but it, it is a small part of what we do. Um, we do provide a network to, you know, many, many other venture capital firms. But I think the most important part is that network and that ecosystem so that if there's a startup there that is able to solve the an energy problem or, you know, of course, mobile payments and, and different things like that, we can say, oh, here's, you know, the CIO of the corporate that is actually looking for your solution. And it's cutting down that time that can really make or break a startup. Yeah, no, I, I, I think um, I, I think, uh, again, that that's a really great point. Right. You know, I, I um, think of companies that are trying to transform the markets like a, a pineapple, for example, that's coming out of South, uh, South Africa. Right. You know, so um, they have a, a, a P2P model that might be fairly similar to Lemonade, uh, though I think it's more tailored and geared towards the South African market. Um, and it leverages the ability of something that's very much more ubiquitous in terms of being able to either make mobile payments or do other things on your mobile um, in, in that mobile space. Right. So it leverages that part of the, the, the core technology. Right. And, um, you know, as they're using that technology, as in the um, the middle of you know their entire value proposition, um, you know what you start to then find is that as they try to take that model beyond the South African markets, because let's say here domestically, um, you know people don't use either mobile or other things in the same exact way that it's being used there, it might not translate directly, right? So you know how do you then ensure that? organizations like a, a pineapple um, can really, uh, you know, uh, not only grow in the South African markets, but, you know, as you're introducing them to, um, you know, multinational corporations and how those corporations operate more globally, how do you make sure that the outcome of what they're building is something that really has a global value proposition versus one that's only applicable locally? Yeah. And, you know, that's a great question. And I think that's something all startups will struggle with and hopefully overcome. Um, a lot of the startups that we see, their technology is is brilliant, and it's the most important part is making sure that they can communicate the different opportunities that it can solve. So, you know, one of my favorite startups uh, actually they pitched their solution and they as they kind of talk through it they at the end they say 
And we created this chatbot and he was really excited about it. But the person that they pitched it to said, wait a second, you just solved this legacy problem with your technology. And the startup was like, yes, yes, but but that's the easy. The cool part is down here. And the executive said, no, wait a second, you know, your technology solves a huge problem. So I think often, you know, that story just kind of speaks to how, you know, sometimes if you're not in the space, you don't even know what your product can solve. And so hopefully, you know, through mentors and networking, you can find that fit. And, you know, if it's not a good fit and it's not able to scale, then hopefully, you know, you can come up with your next uh, startup idea. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think um, that, you know, it, it does become wildly important to have mentors um, that are, um, you know, have a, a deeper level of subject matter expertise in the space, right? Because, you know, I, um, I, I, I always say that, you know, you um, always start with what the business need and the business value is, right? And that's what the folks that are deep in this space will understand. And then you figure out what capabilities, what processes, what technologies can be designed, built, and then applied to solve for that legacy need, right? And that's exactly what you're talking about um, with uh, that engagement with the, the, the startup and the, um, the, the, the insurance provider or the, the, um, uh, the insurance carrier that that startup was engaging with. You know, so, um, so never starting with the technology and always starting with, that, with the business need and the business problem and understanding what, what's actually out there. Now, you know, as, as I start to, you know, think through just the African markets in general, right, you know, so that's one example, you know, we talked a little bit about pineapple, but, um, but there are so many um, other types of opportunities uh, to really innovate the insurance space, because there's in that segment, there's low levels of penetration when you look across the entire continent and across all segments of insurance, right? Now, yet, you know, as I look at what's being done and created, I, I do see a win-win scenario for both the startups, the consumers, and the insurance carriers that are working to penetrate that market. So, you know, um, uh, Karen, if you don't mind, you know, talk to me more about the differences uh, that you're seeing in the African market, South Africa and beyond, um, and then how your uh, your African initiative um, will help to transform uh, the insurance space and just you know bring this spirit of innovation and transformation into that market to help to create even a wider penetration of insurance products. Yeah. So first off, and I know you know probably a lot of people know, but Africa is just exploding in terms of population. And so, you know, a lot of the world is really already looking at what is happening there. How can you tap into that market? Obviously, it is very challenging because it's different. But whoever can kind of crack that um, will will be will have solved a great problem um, and probably be making some good money. But when we look at, so for example, finding and getting kind of like the unbanked and all of that, I think that there is a lot of insurance companies um, looking into that. And there's a lot of really unique solutions. With the, as most people know, um, Africa really did kind of leapfrog from no cell phones to cell phones. Um, and 
One of the big problems that the continent faces is infrastructure. So in terms of getting from one place to the next, there's actually a startup called Zipline that I visited as they're headquartered up here in Half Moon Bay. And what they have is it's a drone, but it looks like a more of a little airplane. But it's able to very quickly deploy this drone and go to a hospital or a medical clinic and get them the very time-sensitive blood that someone needs. They actually initially um, pitched it to the U.S., and they were not allowed to even try this here in the U.S., but the government of Rwanda um, opened their doors and kind of did a pilot, so the whole country of Rwanda, and Zipline has been incredibly successful and has saved many lives. And so I think the unique mixture, that's just an example of the unique mixture of having a government that, you know, maybe there has been problems, um, but sometimes because of overlooking some of those regulations, you're able to try something. And you have a population who is so hungry and eager for innovation that you're able to get momentum within that area. So I think it's a really great place for startups um, to be able to pilot or try their new ideas, as well as the overall age of people in Africa is young. And so while the rest of the world is facing an older gen generation and having to kind of adapt and find ways to serve an older population, Africa is actually facing the opposite issue where they have a lot of, you know, 19, 20 year olds. And so being able to tap into that younger market is something that is um, a huge opportunity there. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think you're, I think you're right, right, and 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 just to go back to um, one of the things that you mentioned in regards to um, zipline, um, you know, uh, I, I think one of the the bigger challenges that insurtechs face in both the domestic markets here in the U.S. Um, and then also in the European markets is, uh, you know, the the fact that regulation. Um, you know, hinders the uh, ability to actually innovate, right? Um, and, and I don't want to say it hinders the ability to innovate because I know it's there for a purpose, but um, it doesn't allow for uh, true um, speed to market when you think innovation and transformation. So, you know, um, Karen, from your perspective, do you think that uh, regulation, you know, um, or uh, less stringent regulation is a part of what's helping to um, you know, persist the speed of uh, of innovation in insurtech and insurance in Africa, and 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 what are your thoughts around how we can take some of that um, and just just even maybe you know the thought process and, and then apply it even more broadly? Yeah, so I think that in some, I mean, Africa is very large, and so of course in some countries there regulation may be uh, a bit easier to work with, but I do know, you know, in South Africa and a couple other more mature markets, the regulation isn't as lax as, you know, people may hope for. So I think in terms of regulation, um, I don't think it's holding anything back or uh, necessarily creating the best environment. What I think is really, really a huge benefit is the hunger that people have. I know that, you know, when I went, um, of course, I'm speaking with corporates from around the world daily, and I've never 
felt that desire and that excitement around innovation that I do when I'm there. Uh, and I think the reason why, I mean, first off, physically, South Africa is very far. It's a 22-hour flight from San Francisco. And so a lot of the things that you know may be exciting here or something that we've just seen so much so it may not be exciting is brand new to them there. And so it's a very a new market and something that as a startup, the ability to grow quickly is it's the right time to jump on that. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you're right. You know, it is um, there, there's a lot of things that might uh, be, you know, something that we've seen here uh, that that's brand new to them there. Um, and, um, you know, I, I got to say, I want to um, sort of give an example uh, of, um, of the opposite of that, actually, when I visited uh, Ghana. Uh, I think roughly about maybe 18 or so months ago, you know, when I went there, uh, one of the things that surprised me, you know, so I I talked a little bit about mobile earlier on and how that's used all across the board. Um, But one of the things that, that really surprised me is that everyone carried a mobile phone that allowed the, um, the residents of, of, of the country of Ghana to pay um, for all of their um, items that they were shopping for, purchasing, irrespective of where it was from, if it was in a vending machine or if it was at a store, through just tapping your mobile. Um, and, you know, no one really carried around cash, right, creating sort of a cashless society. But then what you also saw was that because that was the way that uh, uh, the the country operated from uh, from a financial perspective that it then drove a whole bunch of um, other business models that allowed for differences in finance and banking and insurance and so on. So you know, uh, people that were looking to borrow money, not a lot of so the the concept of leveraging you know credit cards to buy things it, it it's not as ubiquitous as you would see here uh, in the U.S. and in Europe. But what they would do in small amounts is work with their mobile carriers, who's then lending them money to buy things using their mobile phone. Right. Um, And so, you know, that is a a huge difference in a way that things operate there and what you would see here. It almost creates sort of a a microfinance, micro insurance environment or capability. You know, so so, Karen, you know, as as you think about things like that, um, are there any specific things that that you're seeing that is really um, um, in alignment with how the African markets um, and, and when I again, when I say Africa, I'm talking more holistically operate. Um, and, um, and, and do you think there's an opportunity for those types of things to be taken global? You know, what, what, what I struggle with with that with that Ghana example is that because our banking system is so mature, I don't know if we'll ever get to the point of having a, a, a mobile carrier lend uh, their users and subscribers um, money to, to buy things, right? So, so I'm just wondering, you know, are there things like that that you see that might wind up being applicable, you know, more globally? You know, I know blockchain has been a big buzzword um, for many years. And I do think that there is, you know, a lot of insurance companies and companies in general are really looking into it. I think there's some really good potential cases um, in Africa that, you know, people are kind of beginning to work on that it would be a great testing ground. And then, you know, maybe it's used for something there, but when validated, 
it can grow to different and solve different problems around the world. So I think that, you know, what solution something may solve in one place may be very different from another. Uh, even if it's a very similar type of technology, it's really about how it's applied. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I would definitely agree with that. So, um, so you know, as as we think about where you're going with the plug and play um, Africa initiative, you know, what does the next year to 18 months look like for you and the organizations that you're working with? You know, so I really believe when we look at the plug and play platform that it's something very, very unique. Um, you know, it's Every now and then something comes along that can really change the current direction of things. And plug and play, I believe, is that something. And I don't think it's just because we accelerate startups or because we invest. Um, but I believe it's because we bring together the whole ecosystem, really the value chain, whether it be a corporate, a government, a school, um, and an entrepreneur. So when we look at this next year, I think the... The main objective is just to continue growing that so that we can build a platform or build upon our platform an ideal place for an entrepreneur from anywhere, not only in the world, but in Africa to feel safe and know that they'll be able to find success when they come and plug into plug and play. And and I think that by working together and you know growing that together, um, great things are going to happen. Yeah, yeah, a- absolutely. Um, I, I would um, absolutely agree with that. And, and you know, we're already seeing that play out as a part of the plug and play ecosystem. Now, you know, with, with that said, knowing that plug and play has a global ecosystem beyond just the insure tech vertical, um, do you see that uh, the organizations that are engaged in your Africa initiative are also going to be able to get access and, you know, work through and partner with um, other verticals throughout your global um, insurtech. Uh, I'm sorry, throughout the global uh, plug and play platform. Yeah, definitely. And so, like I said, initially the interest for corporates is to be able to gain access to the global ecosystem of startups, as well as to see, oh, hey, here's the top 20 startups coming out of you know mobility. Here's the startups that. Uh, you know, Mercedes, BMW, Porsche are working with or out of food and beverage. And so kind of getting that overall global view is is hugely important. Um, and then, yes, I do focus, of course, on insurance and insure tech. But there are some other a lot of great, very large corporates there. So we had uh, the CEO of Pepcor, which is a large retail company, come in last week. Um, also had a really good conversation with Shell in South Africa. I know that you know Daimler they they manufacture their C-Class Mercedes there. So the opportunity across verticals is very large. And I think it's an ideal place to be able to collaborate because most companies there are not just focusing on the classic industry. They're doing multiple things and really, you know, playing within the whole value chain, which is actually kind of a step above probably many other economies. You know, hey, Karen, you know, um, one of the questions that I, I always ask, right, and it really is to 
uh, allow the folks that are listening to this to really take, you know, what you and I talked about and, um, you know, apply it to what they're doing day to day. You know, so if there is someone that's listening to you and I, you know, talk about what you're doing in um, in this in the African uh, markets and and how you're working to uh, bring innovation and the plug and play platform to that space, which is really going to help to drive insurance transformation and beyond. You know, if there is someone that's listening and they want to try to do something similar and innovate their own companies and organizations, you know, what advice would you give them to do just that? Um, I would definitely say just don't do it alone. Um, you know, the questions that I get asked daily are ones that I get asked daily. So it's something where everyone's wondering the same thing. And so it's much better to to learn from others. I love the quote, a, ri- a rising tide raises all ships. And I think that's so true. I think that especially corporates or, you know, any company, they're going to be able to progress by working together. And by, you know, elevating everyone else, they're going to elevate as well. Absolutely. You know, so, hey, Karen, I I do want to say thank you. You know, this has been a a really great conversation. And, um, you know, I'm hopeful that uh, those that are listening really got a lot out of what you had to, um, you know, say around the um, African initiative and just about how things are playing out in Africa in general. So if anyone wanted to learn more about your initiative and get in contact with you or the people within your team, you know, what's the best way for them to do that? LinkedIn probably is my favorite mode of um, communication. So, you know, Karen Arola at LinkedIn um, or just reach out to me um, on email, Karen at PNPTC.com. But I just want to wrap up and, of course, say thank you. But also, this is really a story. I think it's a narrative that is going to be continuous for many years. Um, And I think it's important that we share the stories of successful and unsuccessful innovation, not just in Africa, but, you know, anywhere in the globe, because someone who may be looking to do something for them to know what is out there is so important. And to feel as though others are on that same journey is something that hopefully we can provide by sharing our stories. Absolutely. No, that's a a great point. So, you know, hey, once again, Karen, um, I want to say thank you. I truly appreciate it. And, you know, um, I'm just looking forward to continuing to watching what's playing out in, in plug and play and also the success of your initiative. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate this. I look forward to talking soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Insurance Innovators Unscripted Podcast. Now, if this is your first time listening, hit that subscribe button so you can get all of the new episodes each time they're released. So I hope you got a lot out of this episode. And if you're interested in talking to me at a conference, don't forget to just, you know, tap my shoulder and let's go for a coffee. I'm looking forward to continuing to provide the necessary content to help you transform insurance. See you next week.